Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone always thinks that Starfleet comes out with some of the best decisions of all time. And sometimes they forget about 39 ships and 11,000 lives lost. With that in mind, and with thanks to Twitter user at SimonPoulterRM, I am Sean Ferrick for Trek Culture, and here are 10 Starfleet decisions with the most devastating consequences. Number 10. The Second Battle of Chintaka. The Dominion War was a brutal, drawn-out campaign that saw hundreds of millions of lives lost in the name of saving, or annexing, the Alpha Quadrant. While there were many individual battles in the course of the conflict, the Second Battle of Chintaka was one of the most costly days in Starfleet's history. While the Federation Klingon Romulan Alliance had seen several victories against the Dominion forces, they were ill-prepared to face off against the newest opponents, the Breen. While these secretive aliens had long been known to the Alpha Quadrant forces, the true extent of their technology had remained a mystery. That is, until Captain Sisko led the task force that attempted to retake the Chintaka system, Starfleet's only foothold in Dominion territory. Expecting a strong fleet to fight, the Allies were totally blindsided by the Breen's energy-dampening weapon. This directly led to the almost total destruction of their fleet, including the USS Defiant. Only a single Klingon bird of prey survived the encounter, which was left to accompany the hundreds of Federation escape pods filled with demoralized troops on the long trip back to their own territories. Number 9. The Battle of Wolf 359 When the Borg finally arrived in Federation space, Admiral Hansen quickly set about mobilising the fleet against the cube. While the Borg sent only one vessel to assimilate Starfleet, it proved to be a deadly foe. It was given yet more strength with the addition of Captain Jean-Luc Picard, wherein lay a devastating tactical error on Starfleet's part. Picard was assimilated into the Collective, becoming Locutus of Borg, this led to the Hive gaining all of the experience and knowledge of the Captain, including Starfleet's strength, fleet deployments and battle plans. While acting Captain Riker played on this to his strength, Admiral Hansen was not so lucky. The fleet that gathered at Wolf 359, already known to Picard, was decimated by the cube. 39 vessels were lost and an estimated 11,000 lives ended that day. Only one ship, the USS Alwani, managed to escape the slaughter. Though clearly Picard wasn't at fault, Admiral Hansen failed to take the addition of the man's expertise to the Collective's knowledge into account. This, though a tragic error, led to the deaths of all those servicemen. Having said that, changing the plan may simply have delayed the inevitable. The Borg, after a year of waiting, were coming. Number 8. Failing to brief their crews on flagged worlds. 
When Captain Kirk revived the occupants of the SS Botany Bay, the supervillain Khan Noonien Singh proceeded to take control of the USS Enterprise. Thankfully, Kirk and the crew were able to overcome the madman and his genetically engineered compatriots. Rather than fling them in the brig, they were offered a new life on SETI Alpha 5. As the Enterprise zoomed away, Kirk mused how interesting it would be to visit the world in 15 years or so to see what had become of them. Someone really should have followed up on that. Almost exactly 15 years later, Captain Terrell and the USS Reliant entered the SETI Alpha system, completely unprepared for what was about to befall them. First, no one in Starfleet had noticed that SETI Alpha 6 had exploded mere months after Khan's crew were marooned on their sister world. This transformed Five into a barren wasteland. Dozens of Khan's crew, including Marla McGivers, his wife, were killed. This drove the madman into a murderous rage. The crew of the Reliant was overcome, Terrell and Pavel Chekhov were coerced into helping Khan, and the secrets of their Genesis project fell into his hands. What followed was, arguably, the greatest loss that Kirk ever faced in his life. Number 7. Sending ships out of space dock before completion. Captain Kirk, Captain Scott, and Commander Chekhov were present aboard the Enterprise B on her maiden voyage. Thus, they were present when the Excelsior-class ship received the distress call from the SS Lacool and the SS Robert Fox. Naturally, Kirk's first instinct was to jet to the rescue. Captain Harriman, freshly out of the box and squeaking like an unused toy, jovially told the seasoned officer that the ship simply wasn't ready. That quickly meant nothing as it turned out that the Enterprise was the only ship in range. So, away they went, arriving at the site of the Nexus. There, they found the two transport vessels trapped in the energy ribbon's trailing edge, unable to escape. Here, the true trouble began. The Enterprise was unable to simply tractor them out, as the beam hadn't been installed yet. There was no medical staff aboard, nor were there any photon torpedoes, the latter of which would have allowed Scotty to detonate an antimatter explosion around the ships, freeing them. Never leave space dock before Tuesday, which is apparently the only day for installs in Star Trek. These deficiencies led to the perceived death of the greatest captain that Starfleet had in the 23rd century at least. Captain Kirk was lost in action, leaving the Enterprise B with an ugly stain on its memory. Number 6. Giving command of a heavily armed warship to inexperienced children. The outbreak of the Dominion War had several unforeseen consequences, not least of which was the fate of the Defiant-class USS Valiant. Initially, it was thought that this ship was destroyed in the earliest days of the conflict, as the sector that they had been patrolling was swarmed with a Jem'Hadar Cardassian fleet, cutting them off from getting home. Added to this was the fact that the ship, due to technical issues, was unable to get above Warp 4, meaning it was effectively trapped behind enemy lines, limping along. The captain of the vessel, Captain Ramirez, had been tasked with training the crew of cadets aboard. This crew consisted of Red Squad, a cabal of Starfleet Academy attendees who had been deemed best of the best. Though they performed admirably on many occasions, Ramirez made a fatal decision in placing control of the ship in the hands of Tim Waters. Ramirez was critically injured in a conflict with a Cardassian ship, giving Waters the field commission to captain with his dying breath. In the words of Ensign Nunn, who later met and served under waters, in turn, the young Ferengi was almost killed by the man's inexperience. Though Jake, Nog, and Chief Dorian Collins escaped, the entire crew of the Valiant lost their lives in a foolhardy mission, attacking the vastly superior Jemadar warship. As the ship exploded, most of the escape pods were shot down, leaving only those three to be picked up by the Defiant. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Number five. The Seventh Fleet engages the Jem'Hadar in the Tyrus system. This is an example of Starfleet facing its very own Kobayashi Maru, as there truly was no way to win with this decision. Had Starfleet done nothing to attempt to stop the Jem'Hadar advance into the Alpha Quadrant, then the war would have been far shorter, but many more worlds would have fallen to the aggressors, most probably including Earth, Vulcan and the other key planets as well. The Seventh Fleet was ordered to engage the Jem'Hadar in the Tyrus system and to do their best to stop them. While the rest of the fleet waited anxiously for news of the Seventh, dozens of other smaller engagements took place. The USS Defiance saw three months of bloody slaughter between the loss of Deep Space Nine and their arrival at Starbase 375. One last happy moment, the reuniting of Commanders Dax and Worf, was all too short-lived before Dr. Bashir brought the devastating news to Captain Sisko. Out of 112 ships that were sent to the Tyrus system, only 14 made it back to Federation territory. This defeat dwarfed the loss of Wolf 359, truly highlighting the strength of the Gamma Quadrant foes. Though Starfleet truly didn't have another option other than to engage the Jem'Hadar here, the decision to act led to thousands of lost lives. Number 4. Mining the entrance to the wormhole. Once Cardassia joined the Dominion, swarms of Jem'Hadar vessels began pouring through the wormhole, fortifying their position in Cardassian space. They had already proven themselves to be deadly enemies without remorse, as a changeling had attempted to destroy the Bajoran's sun, which would have resulted in the Joint Federation-Klingon-Romulan Task Force at Deep Space Nine, along with Bajor itself, being destroyed in the supernova. With this grim possibility in their minds, along with the knowledge that the Dominion was not going to stay cooped up in Cardassian space, Starfleet, following the recommendation of Captain Sisko, decided to mine the entrance to the wormhole. This resulted in a rapid reply from the Dominion and their mouthpiece, the Vorta Wayun. There was a half-hearted attempt to play each other for fools, but both Sisko and Wayun knew that war was now certain. The Dominion War led to devastation across the Alpha Quadrant, along with millions of lives lost. While the Dominion and Cardassian forces most certainly bore the brunt of responsibility for this, it was undeniably Starfleet's decision that led to war beginning when it did. Number three condemning the Klingon invasion of Cardassia. Prompted by a change in government on Cardassia, the Klingon Empire, unknowingly at the behest of a changeling in the shape of General Martok, begins an invasion of Cardassian space. 
Their main drive is the belief that this shift couldn't have been achieved without Dominion interference. Chancellor Gowron, in his long-running quest for glory, played right into the Founder's goo, committing an enormous force to the assault. At the time, Starfleet had a peace treaty with Cardassia. Therefore, it refused to join the Klingons in the invasion once it became aware of their plans. Further to this, they officially condemned the assault. As a direct result of this, Gowron tore up the Kitamar Accords. This ended the alliance between the Federation and the Klingon Empire. The first shots were fired as the Defiant flew to the rescue of Gul Dukat and the Datapa Council, though hostilities truly broke out with the Klingon assault on Deep Space Nine. Thankfully for the inhabitants of the station, they had been fortifying for a Dominion assault for almost an entire year, and they survived. There followed several months of ongoing attacks by the Klingons against Starfleet, resulting in the loss of many lives and starships, including the USS Farragut. Number 2. Relegating Captain Picard to patrolling the neutral zone The results of the Battle of Wolf 359 were twofold. First, there was an increase in militarism within Starfleet, which led directly to the design of the Defiant, which was a positive move, though it also led indirectly to the attempt by Admiral Leighton to overthrow the Federation Council. Leighton believed that the threat posed by the Borg and the Founders were simply too great for the Federation itself to combat. The greater fallout was the estimation of Captain Picard by his superiors. As he had been assimilated, he was absolved from any responsibility for Locutus' actions during the battle. However, he was kept at arm's length when it came to facing the Borg again. This meant that Admiral Hayes ordered him, along with the Enterprise E, to patrol the Romulan neutral zone when the Borg finally returned. The Battle of Sector 001, as seen in Star Trek First Contact, was a quick affair. However, in lore, this wasn't the case. The fight actually lasted days, with dozens of starships destroyed by the cube as it came within a hair's breadth of Earth. It was only the arrival at the 11th hour by the Enterprise E that allowed Starfleet to finally prevail. Sidelining Picard took their best player out of the fight, with hundreds of dead officers at the feet of those who made that call. Number 1. Abandoning the Romulan Relief Mission This decision certainly qualifies as one of those situations where everybody loses. The impending supernova of the Romulan star was a certainty, so Starfleet pledged to help their once-sworn enemies in the escape and relocation plan. This resulted in the promotion of Jean-Luc Picard to Admiral, along with the reassignment of much of Starfleet's resources to building an escape force. This didn't sit well with many of the member worlds of the Federation, who felt that prioritizing an enemy's need over the needs of allies flew in the face of the Federation Charter. Long before the synthetic workforce began their assault on Mars, several allied worlds threatened to secede from the Federation. Once the Jat Vash managed to reprogram the synths causing the uprising, Starfleet cut their losses. The relief effort was abandoned and Romulus and Remus were destroyed. This transformed the once mighty Romulan Star Empire into a refugee force, seeking anywhere and everywhere that they could find for a new home. One such home was the Artifact, a reclaimed Borg cube, Though that only opened the door for more tragedy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.